This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, February 24th, 2010. I'm Caleb Brown. GDP doesn't measure many good things just as it does measure many bad things. That idea has been around for 40 years, and now some people want to fix it or even replace the venerable measure of wealth creation. But why? After all, GDP is a measure without judgment, and that's a very good thing, according to Cato Institute Research Fellow Will Wilkinson. This is uh, Robert Kennedy from 40 years ago. We cannot measure national spirit by the Dow Jones average nor national achievement by the gross national product, for the gross national product includes air pollution, ambulances, to clear our highways from carnage. Elsewhere, he says, uh, it measures everything in short except that which makes life worthwhile, and it can tell us everything about America except whether we are proud to be Americans. And a lot of that uh, criticism uh, is found today uh, of the gross domestic product as a as a measure. Yeah, that's right. So uh, GDP is, uh, they used to call it GNP, uh, they call it GDP these days, uh, which is a just a comprehensive measure of the total output uh, of a country's economy. Um, the there are lots of objections to GDP as a measure. Some of which uh, Bobby Kennedy mentioned in that famous speech uh, that you know sp- government spending is a part of GDP. Uh, so uh, clean up after a environmental catastrophe, you know, will positively affect GDP in the year that the Spending occurs, uh, so there, there, there are uh, you know all sorts of uh, good theoretical problems with the uh, with with the measure. Well, and I, I don't mean to give him short shrift because he also says, in RFK's defense, it does not allow for the health of our families, the quality of their education, or the joy of their play. Those things are not included in GDP. That if we could capture that information, we might include. Right. Right. So so GDP is just a, it just tells you how much wealth is banging around in the economy and uh, and GDP per capita you know tells you uh, is a rough guide to how wealthy the average person is and you know knowing how much money somebody has or knowing how much money a country has doesn't uh, you know obviously tell you how healthy they are or how happy they are or uh, how joyous their children's play is uh, but as it turns out GDP uh, tends to correlate pretty strongly with almost all good things you can think of. So by definition, um, you know, it, it just measures the, the output of an economy. Um, but as a matter of fact, as a matter of you know, empirical uh, investigation, it, uh, GDP correlates incredibly strongly with self-reported life satisfaction. Um, now, one of the things that people used to think that they know, knew was that money didn't make you happier, uh, or that uh, money would, uh, you know, more wealth would be good for a country only uh, to a certain point. That when you were, uh, you know, at around the fifteen to twenty thousand uh, dollar a year mark, you know, that your average person earns like fifteen thousand dollars a year. After you go up over that, uh, increases in life satisfaction or happiness kind of level off. People used to think that they knew that, but it's not true. Uh, as people become, as a country's uh, GDP per capita goes up, uh, self-reported life satisfaction goes up. Um, and it stays uh, correlated uh, all the way through the scale. It's pretty consistent. So a, a doubling in GDP per capita uh, has about the same effect um, 
in a rich country as in a poor country. In a rich country, you know, if you're going from forty to eighty thousand dollars, of course, that's a, a much bigger absolute change uh, than uh, going from five to ten thousand dollars. But the effect on happiness of that doubling is about the same, and there's no real indication that that uh, that, that drops off. Um, similarly, like other I- indicators of well-being uh, tend to correlate pretty well with. Uh, GDP. What is the modern critique? What is the more recent uh, criticism then of GDP as a measure and it, its its pitfalls? It's you know by its nature a materialistic measure, and that by measuring by putting such an emphasis on uh, a materialistic measure, we are encouraging you know a materialistic culture uh, that we're you know by when the government comes out with statistics that are tied to GDP, that the government is sort of endorsing uh, one particular set of values uh, over another. Um, That uh, sounds kind of compelling, but it's less compelling when you see how closely other values track GDP. So places where GDP is higher um, have healthier people. Places where GDP is higher have better educated people. Um, the UN's uh, Human Development Index, uh, you know, shows that I mean, it, it, the Human Development Index is so tightly correlated to income that it's not clear what the other elements of the Human Development Index, such as educational attainment and longevity, actually add. You can almost take them out, and you get the same result. Uh, you know, so strongly does uh, GDP per capita predict these other things like wealth and education. Um, One other thing to say in favor of GDP is that far from being materialistic, um, it's actually a really neutral measure. You know, the fact that I have $100 doesn't tell you what I'm going to do with my $100. Uh, If I'm a materialistic person, I might, you know, hoard my $100 or, or, or roll around in it or, uh, you know, buy, uh, you know, gaudy electronics that will impress my friend, but I can give the same $100 to charity. I can, I can do whatever I want with that $100. So when people have money, it doesn't tell you what they're going to do with it. Uh, and uh, what money allows people to do, what wealth allows people to do is to do more of whatever it is that they value. Uh, so in that sense, GDP is neutral. It's not taking sides. Uh, it's just measuring this instrument uh, for the achievement of other values. And the data seem to bear out the idea that when people have more money, um, they do get more of all these things that are, are important to them, health, education, happiness. Well, GDP also doesn't include my choice to forego earnings to hang out and not do anything. And that's something that it, it has, it's essentially silent on, like my, the point at which I decide not to continue earning money. Yeah, so it doesn't, it doesn't measure how much leisure time people have, for instance, and, that's a, and that would be a good uh, objection to it. Um, at the same time, people uh, you know, with more money uh, can um, more easily afford leisure. And so uh, even that is something that, uh, that uh, tends to correlate well uh, with, uh, with uh, rising uh, incomes and a rising uh, 
GDP per capita, the poorer you are, the more you have to work just to get by. Um, the wealthier an economy becomes, uh, the more feasible it becomes to support yourself working part-time or to choose the kind of profession that you really love, even if it doesn't pay that well. So maybe you love to make pottery uh, and you could have made a ton of money um, you know, working on Wall Street or something, but you decided that you want to make you know, glazed pots and you make $15,000 a year from that. Um, well, that's actually quite a lot of money and you can do fairly well. You can, you know, if you learn how to live modestly and uh, you make good decisions about uh, your housing and uh, other, you know, important consumption choices, you can get by in a wealthy country on uh, a relatively small amount of money. Um, and the other side of that is that you're doing what you love for a living. How much currency, so to speak, does the idea that we should change uh, how we measure, well, if not GDP, something else? Um, well, it's, it's, got a, a, it's got a lot of currency. Uh, it's got currency especially among the leaders of countries that have not been doing so well in terms of GDP lately. So recently, uh, President uh, Sarkozy of France uh, you know, put out a call, established a commission uh, to uh, come up with alternative indicators of well-being and a famous Nobel Prize winning uh, uh, economists like Amartya Sen and Joseph Stiglitz were involved and they produced a massive report uh, that uh, enumerates a lot of the sort of theoretical problems uh, with GDP as a, you know, an economic measure. Um, but as you, you know, if you look at the report, you see that the attempt to come up with alternative measures almost always, um, it almost inevitably becomes a little bit ideological. So in in the in the uh, in the Stiglitz Sen uh, report uh, in the Sarkozy report, uh, you see an emphasis on things like democratic participation. And so Amartya Sen has a theory that well-being uh, consists in people exercising certain kinds of capacities. And one of the capacities that he thinks is really important, and I think it is important, uh, is the exercise of political voice. Um, and uh, that leads them to, uh, you know, that leads to the idea that you're doing better if people are participating politically, um, regardless of the outcome of the democratic process. Um, Likewise, they have uh, they go on and on. One of the, one of the main reasons why GDP is taken to be an insufficient measure is that it doesn't take into account uh, the effects of economic activity on the environment. So a lot of people are just sure, um, for probably not very good reasons, but they're sure that uh, current levels of economic development and growth are unsustainable, and that. Uh, a good measure of a country's progress is going to have to do a better job of taking into account the environmental impact of economic activity. Um, but when you try to integrate that into your measure of well-being, you end up with a picture that looks a lot like the worldview of a you know pretty conventional liberal academic uh, and not a neutral indicator of how well people are doing from you know from a from a from a from a purely scientific standpoint, it looks like a pretty ideologically loaded 
uh, set of criteria for determining how well people are doing. One of the great things about GDP, as I mentioned, is that it just doesn't take a side. It, it stands back uh, from these questions about whether people ought to be spending their time um, participating in politics or something else. It doesn't speak to the uh, to the relative value of uh, of of uh, economic activity that uh, that uh, uh, that is good for the environment, and economic activity that's bad for the environment. It just says, here's how much wealth this society is producing. Here's how wealthy the average people, the average person is, and just leaves it up to them to decide what they're going to do with it. Um, and that's attractive, I think, in a way that people um, have really failed to recognize that that uh, that in it GDP captures a certain kind of ideal of neutrality um, by simply measuring something that's instrumental and not making any judgments about final values. Will Wilkinson is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org. <laughs>